When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Can the Bucks win another game? Can they win this Sunday? It's a Football Friday on the Rick and Tom Podcast. Hey, all welcome in. Thanks for listening. Tom Jones, Rick Straub, Tampa Bay Times, our producer, Steve Versnick. And when I say a Football Friday, we're talking mostly about pro football this weekend. The only college game is the annual Army-Navy game. We do have a Heisman Trophy Saturday night. That's a no-brainer, isn't it, Rick? Baker Mayfield's going to win that, like, running away, shouldn't he? I would think so, although, you know, I mean, I don't know if some of the off-field hijinks hurts him or not. Um, I thought, you know, Shaquan Barkley probably had the best shot early in the season, but their team didn't do anything. So, yeah, I think I think it's probably Baker and Mayfield's. Did that, that off-field stuff, because now I'm starting to hear Baker Mayfield's name come up a little bit as far as being a first-round draft pick. There are, if you're a team looking for a quarterback, you know, and heard guys like, you know, Kuyper and and, uh, and McShay and those guys talking on ESPN that, that he's moving up a lot of draft boards. He's, he doesn't have the prototypical uh, size. He's one of those guys, he's like a little over six foot, but, um, but they like his competitiveness. He's starting to move up a lot of draft lists, Rick. Does that off-field, the off-field stuff doesn't bother me. I don't, it's, it's not quite the same to me as Johnny Manziel, where there are a lot of red flags about Johnny Manziel. These things with Baker Mayfield, like this is on-field stuff, like, you know, grabbing his crotch. That's not a good look, don't get me wrong, but I don't have a big, I don't, I don't think he's a, like a head case. No, I mean, what teams worry about um, is usually, you know, does he have a bad habit? Uh, and I don't mean necessarily, you know, that sort of thing, but does he, right. you know, off the field like Manziel obviously had a bad habit. Does he work hard or is he lazy? Um, you know, is is he kind of a, um, you know, does his teammates like him? I yeah. think that's one thing you see is that his teammates respond to him. And at that yes. position, that that's everything. So, you know, we've talked about the quarterback position and, and why Jameis Winston is here and sort of the intangibles that he has. And, and you want you want your face of the franchise to be somebody that's, uh, you know, going to fight harder than anybody on the field. And I think I think they you can see how uh, how much he wants to win. So with the value of the position doesn't surprise me. You know, guy coming from a power five school that's had a great year. Um, even though he's a little undersized, might might get a shot. You speak of Jameis Winston. Let's turn our attention to the Bucks, Rick, as they get ready to to take on the Detroit Lions on Sunday. And I get the sense that we're as far as what what happened off the field with the Uber driver and all that. That's sort of not that it's gone away, and I think it's going to drag out for a while. But it seems like it's died down enough at the moment. And I don't know what Jameis is doing with privately on that front. Uh, but as far as that goes, it's it's not a headline at the moment. And he's back from the, it seems like his shoulder is doing just fine. So this is a really, probably a pretty good test this week just to see where he is now because the off-field stuff is quieted down a bit and the on-field stuff, he seems healthy. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how he plays this Sunday, particularly coming off a game where he played a little bit better than I thought he was going to play last week. Yeah, I think he looked healthier, um, especially from an arm standpoint. And if you consider that he had not thrown a football, let alone practiced um, for you know darn near a month by the time he played, um, you know when he came out to practice a week ago, 
uh, he was, you know, he was, the timing was bad and, and it got better each day. But to play, you know, it's one thing to practice. It's another thing to play in a regular season game. So not having done that for a while, I thought, especially under the duress he was under, he, he played pretty well. Now, you know, you can't take away the, the bad decision that led to a 10-point swing because that, that, that series there and the block punt cost them the football game. But, um, you know, we saw him zip a fastball into Cameron Brait for the second touchdown. And, um, you know, he did, he did have an ankle injury in that game. So that's, he's been sort of hobbled by that. He's on the right. injury report. But he'll fight through that. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, this should be a better game for him. And, and frankly, I, I mean, I expect the Bucks to win this game. I just think that, uh, you know, they've been a different defense at home. They've allowed only 15 points. If you can believe this, only 15 points a game at home versus okay, explain this to me. This, over 30 this is the, on the road. This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. On the road, they're horrible, one of the worst defenses in football. At home, they're one of, statistically anyway, one of the best defenses. I'm trying to find some reason for that. Okay, maybe they played bad teams. So they played a couple bad teams at home, but they played some bad teams on the road too. It can't just be that that the differences between home and road, Rick, try to explain this to me, why they're so good in one place and bad in the other. Well, I can't explain it because they can't begin to explain it. If they could, they certainly would play that way everywhere. <laughs> um, I do think that, I do think that um, you know, when you're at home, if you can get enough of crowd noise going, um, it affects the offense you know, that you're playing. It, you know, we've seen that go the other way on the road this year in New Orleans and places even last week where they had – you know, trouble in Green Bay with the with the snap count and the ball was snapped early. So that certainly plays into a defense's advantage. I think they feed off of that, you know, as well um, when you're at home. But beyond that, it's it's really just a function of who they've played, who they match up with, and uh, on that day, um, you know, whether they were very good or not. I mean, I, I know that, like in the case of Minnesota, they were, you know, they were missing – uh, Brent Grimes. So that's certainly a factor when you go on the road and, and you don't have Brent Grimes playing for you. In other games, you know, Levante David has been out. So, you know, Quan Alexander. So, I mean, you know, some of that is is why. But there is no there is no real hard and true reason. It's just they've just played better at home this year. You had a column in the Tampa Bay Times on Thursday. And I'd, want, I'd like you to get into it just a little bit, Rick, because you're, you're, you're a little bit closer to the situation than I am. So I'll ask. I'll I'll give you my thoughts on it, but I think you're a little better prepared to answer this than I am. And that is, you look at this team statistically, they've not done a good job defensively. They're last, I think, in, in third down percentage, which does matter to me. I know some people, I think our colleague Tom Bassinger has mentioned that it's not that big of a, I don't, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it's that could be a misleading statistic, I think he says. I think it's a real statistic. I mean, you can't get off the field on third down. It's an issue. Um, they are they're they're giving up six yards of play, which is not good. This defense, Rick, uh, Mike Smith, the defensive coordinator. Now, a year ago, everybody was worried. Oh no, what happens if Mike Smith gets another job offer? I hope he doesn't leave. I hope he stays as a defensive coordinator. And now, there's real question about whether or not he would return if this defense doesn't really show signs of improvement the last four games. So you talked to Mike Smith for your for your column on Thursday. Is I mean is. This isn't much different, as you point out, than Lovey Smith's defense a few years ago. And Lovey Smith lost his job because of it. Could the same thing happen to Mike Smith? Well, anything can happen. Um, and, you know, I do think that, you know, they look at everything at the end of the year. Everybody has to be accountable. And Mike Smith has is, is, um, got reasons, I'm sure, uh, for why they haven't played very well. But they haven't played very well. And, you know, it's, it's becoming – 
a historically um, bad defense, and that's saying something because we've, we've seen some of those over the years. And, yeah, statistically, and I know you can't measure everything by a certain number or numbers, um, but it is very similar, if not worse in some cases, to Lovey Smith, who was told, hey, thanks, we're keeping the offensive guy. You can leave. Um, and Lovey at that time, if you remember, took over from Leslie Frazier as the defensive play caller. So he was the de facto defensive coordinator as well as head coach. Now, I'm not suggesting there wasn't other considerations in that decision because there was. Um, but um, what they were really upset about was the defense. Now, you know, in this instance, I don't think the offenses play particularly well when you look at the number of points they put up each week um, and, and, and the amount of investment they have on that side of the ball. So Dirk Cutter has to answer to it as well. So, I mean, I, I would, the question is this. Um, could, could you see a scenario where, you know, the Glazers uh, decided to continue with Dirk and then went to him and when they assessed, when they do the, the postmortem on this season, say, you know, I just don't feel the defense is, is improving. I know we had injuries, but it should have been better. Um, we'd like to make a change there. And knowing the relationship that he has with Mike Smith, knowing that Mike Smith – has had a very good track record on defense in his career, would Dirk Cutter be willing to do that? Uh, would they ask him, number one, and would he do it? And, and we don't have the answers to that right now. If they asked him to do it, Rick, and again, we don't know that they will ask him to do it, but if they did, I would like to think that Dirk Cutter and Mike Smith are professionals, and they've been around this game a long time. They've worked, Each of them has, has worked in, in a thousand places. I think they know how the game works, and while Dirk Cutter – wouldn't I think Mike Smith would realize? Look, Dirk doesn't want to do this. He's being forced to do this. And the way this the way this game ends up, either Mike Smith loses his job. If 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 the Glazers decide, okay, you need to make a change of defensive coordinator. Here's how it goes: either Mike Smith goes or everybody goes. But it's not going to be like, you know, if I don't fire Mike Smith, then I, I get to keep my job, and my and Mike Smith gets to keep his job. It just doesn't work like that. But here's the thing, Rick. I, I don't know that they're, that Mike Smith's to blame for all this. And we kind of forget now because Quan Alexander's playing now. Levante David's playing now. Those guys were banged up early in the season. Robert Ayers hasn't played. That's a big – he was supposed to be a big part of this uh, defense this season. They've had Brent Grimes miss significant time uh, this season. Um, Vernon Hargraves, even though he seemed to have regressed a little bit this year, uh, he's been out of the lineup. You're putting in a lot of backups. You're playing a lot of guys who aren't supposed to be starters. I don't know that Mike Smith suddenly got dumb over a year, you know? Uh, I think it's more talent, and unfortunately that talent, injuries have to have a lot to do with that talent. I don't know that Mike Smith's to blame for all this. I, I think if they were to fire him, Rick, I think he'd be a scapegoat more than addressing the real problems is, which they don't have a pass rusher. Yeah, I mean, that that's true. They don't. And um, they probably didn't have one when Lovey Smith was here either, other than uh, Gerald McCoy. And I, I guess the only thing to say about that is, uh, you know, you have to play with who you have. Um, and it's one thing to be in the bottom third, but it's another thing to be worst. You know, when teams are yeah. converting, teams are converting 48% of their third downs. And a year ago with roughly the same number of guys, the same guys actually in your second year in the scheme, uh, you were first in the league, first in the league on third down. Um, now that got you nine wins. It didn't get you, it didn't get you 15 wins, but Still, in all, to go from you know first to worst, just because you lost Noah Spence, because you had you know Quan Alexander out of the lineup a few times. I mean, I I don't know that there's really a rationale. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently: Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. 
If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. For that, um, I, right. think, I think there was some, you know, some bad game plans. I mean, Julio Jones went for 253. Should he have gone for that many yards? I don't know. So, uh, you know, again, the, the question will be, and this is, this is what I kind of keep coming back to. First of all, let's see what happens the last month of the season. Obviously, winning changes everything. If they got on a roll, won three out of four, won four out of four, certainly then, you know, the world looks different. Um, and so you got to let that happen. And then, and then the other thing is, who do the Glazers go to to, to, to make these decisions? In other words, um, you know, normally, like in the case of, of Lovey's situation, I'm, they talk to Jason Light. Do they talk to Jason? Do they talk to Jason again? You know, is he the guy right. that's going to that's gonna tell them, you know, what he sees in terms of, you know, in terms of the coaching um, sort of uh, subjective, uh, you know, evaluation on that? I don't know. So, you know, the Glazers are very unpredictable. Um, there's still time in this season to, to, to change sort of the optics of things. And, you know, and I don't think this is a, a factor, but, I mean, they just signed Mike Smith to a very lucrative deal as a defensive coordinator, almost to the exclusion of him trying to get head coaching jobs, which, again, are going to come open, and there might be a possibility that a team like the Giants, who were like, liked him two years ago, might like, still like him again. I, I don't know. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that can happen, and yet what we're left with is a really, really bad defense uh, ranking and, and record. On the offensive side of the ball, one of the guys that's been missing is uh, he's back at practice, Doug Martin. Rick, I don't need to see Doug Martin anymore. Uh, you want to put him in for a series or two here just to give somebody a blow or to change a pace or something like that on Sunday uh, and let him get a few carries. But if they come out of this game and they run the ball, say, 25 times, and Doug Martin has more than five carries, I got a problem with that. I want to see Peyton Barber. And the reason I have a problem with it is I don't need to see any more from Doug Martin because he's not coming back. I can't imagine they're going to bring him back at this point. And it's not because he's not a good guy, and it's not because he doesn't uh, try to be out there. He, he's injured, and that's not his fault. But uh, I just I, at this point, Rick, can you trust him anymore to put him out there, to bring him back for another season? You might as well just keep playing Peyton Barber and see what you have. I don't know that Peyton Barber's the answer, quite frankly. But I don't think I need to see Doug Martin anymore. Well, uh, I know what you're saying, and it makes sense. Um, first of all, Doug's in concussion protocol. I, I tend to think he's going to be able to play on Sunday for some reason, um, but because he's been practicing, you know, full full participation. Right. I don't, you know, they've had, um, you know, Barber here, Peyton Barber here for a while, for a couple years now, and you know, the the few very limited carries he had. Earlier this season, it's not like he tore it up, but he had That's six true. games. He had six games where he got zero carries. We don't see him in practice every day. No one's tackling there either, so right. I, you know that that's a different set of circumstances. My guess is that they look at Peyton Barber as sort of a bigger back. That's kind of just a guy. Now he did a really good job on Sunday. Um, they seem to think their offensive line run blocked better than it had for whatever reason because um, they were horrendous in pass blocking, but. When I look at, at that game and I see what Peyton Barber did, it seemed to me that he got a lot of yards after contact. And Doug Martin has been a running back that has to get a lot of yards after contact as well. 
But I don't know that it's a coincidence that you know this team in the last two seasons have had three instances where a running back went over 100 yards in a game, and none of them were named Doug Martin. Yeah. None. And I know Doug was injured, and then he was back, and then he was, you know, uh, last year there's sort of a weird year. Uh, and maybe if he goes to Green Bay with those same looks and that same offensive line, he goes for 200. But we haven't seen him do it. And you're right, the salary being what it is, I think it's over $6 million. I can't imagine uh, a scenario that that uh, that they would you know necessarily say, yeah, we're okay there. Let's let's go ahead and and re up here after two years where you know he really didn't look like the Doug Martin, and he'll be 29 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just not like I said. I just don't. It's just that I don't trust him at this point, and it's it doesn't mean that like I don't trust him and like I don't think he's a good guy or anything like that. I just don't know what you're going to get from him anymore. And well, and and the thing is, is that you know I think he will get the ball if he plays. I think he will probably get the first bite of the apple, maybe or certainly be in there because you keep hoping. And if you're if you're Dirk Cutter, you need to win. And so the reason why do you play him? Well, because the only reason is we hope that he'll help us win, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. we think no. he, we think we think he can do something special. And we're not sure Peyton Barber will do anything special. It, it would be interesting to see how he runs behind that particular offensive line if they run block as well as they did last week. Maybe Doug Martin picks up the same number of yards. I'm curious. You never know, Rick, as you watch these games. Did Peyton Barber rush for 102 yards last week because the offensive line was really good at what they did or Peyton Barber was really good at what he was doing or a combination or the, of both? Or the Packers were really bad. I mean, that's yeah, the right, thing. Exactly. It's like yeah. you really can't take last week because each week is different. They're playing the Detroit Lions. If they were going to reload and – Go play the Packers again. That would be weird. Number one, and it'd be snowing. <laughs> but um, you know what I mean. Then, then the circumstances would be the same. But they're just not going to be the same. Um, the uh, so you're picking the Bucks win. I'm picking the Bucks to win too. I don't know why. It's weird that they're four and eight. They're coming off a game they should have won, and yet they didn't against a backup quarterback. They're playing a team with a, a much better quarterback this week in Matt Stafford. Although Stafford's hands a little bit beaten up, but I'm picking them to win. I think I I think the score that I picked for the paper was twenty three sixteen or somewhere along those lines. But I expect Jameis to have a pretty good day. I expect him to run the football. I think the defense responds a little bit. And I like the Bucks in this game. You too, right? Yeah, I got them. I, I, I think my score was somewhere around 24-20 or something like that. But I, I think, one, they're playing at home, and they've been a better defense here. So we'll start there. The fact, like you mentioned, that um, Matthew Stafford's a tough guy, but we don't know what impact his hand will have on him throwing the football. And the Lions can't run. They, they, they really struggle in the run game. They're, they're last, I think, or 31st in the league. They get you know, well under 100 yards a game. And, and um, So from that standpoint, I think you know, it will probably put the Bucks in a favorable position down in distance. And then you know, it's just a matter of whether they can uh, you know, defend their receivers. I mean, they're still not going to get to Stafford, so he could carve them up. But it's a lot easier to try to bring pressure when you know he's going to throw in third and third and long. So, um, and the Lions also have lost two in a row. They they don't have a good vibe about them right now. This, this is the probably the season for them is this game because if they lose this, there's not enough games for them to get back really in the wild card hunt. If they win it, they can hope that you know some of the teams above them in the NFC South that are playing each other get knocked off. There, uh, the the um, Falcons and Saints played Thursday night, but two big games this weekend, Rick. I just want to touch on before we go today, um, and that is two really interesting matchups in the NFC. The Vikings take on the Panthers. Both of those teams, obviously, uh, in real contention for a playoff spot. And then, and in fact, the Vikings are, are trying to go after the number one seed. And then you got the Eagles and the Rams. So when you look at those two games right there, Vikings, Panthers, Eagles, Rams, are one of those teams, Rick? 
the best team in the NFC is would you and do these games mean anything? This to me, I'll tell you why. The Eagles Rams game means a lot to me. I want to see how the Eagles respond after losing to Seattle on the road last week. It's another road game. I think they stayed out in California this week. Yeah, um, for that game. Um, but the the I I think the winner of this game just might be the best team in the in the NFC. The winner of the uh, Rams Eagles Eagles Rams yeah yeah I like and you're both. Di- you're discounting New Orleans a little bit. I am. I, I'm discounting New Orleans, right? Yeah. I still think that they they're going to have a say before it's all said and done. Um, yeah. I mean, I I think this is a big game for the Eagles and the Rams, and and uh, you know, I I would be nervous if I were an Eagle fan after what I saw in Seattle. Although Seattle is a difficult place to play, um, you know, the the Rams are going to score points. Um, that Eagles defense kind of got out of whack with some of the running around that Russell Wilson did last week. Um, this is a, this is, you know, when things are rolling, it's really rolling, you know, and then all of a sudden you get, I thought they got, the Eagles got a bit of a reality check. And so now how do they respond to that? You know, but that's still a young Rams team that hasn't won much themselves. So, you know, I, I think that, I think that the Eagles could bounce back and win this game, but, uh, are, are they the best team? I, I'm not sure. I would have said a couple of weeks ago, maybe the Eagles were the best team in the NFC. I really want to see what happens to the New Orleans Saints. I really think that, you know, they with Kamara, the running back, that's changed their entire uh, team, really, Alvin Kamara, and then, uh, you know, the way the defense is playing. Um, if they were to get any kind of home field advantage for a few rounds, that's eh, going to be real interesting. Vikings buying or selling the Vikings? They're 10-2. and two. We should be buying them. They have impressive wins. They went into Atlanta last week. They oh, went I, there. Yeah, you got to buy yet, them. But, yeah, but for what, so why am I selling? I don't know why. Like there's something about them that feels like they're going to get to the playoffs and they're going to turn back into the Vikings again. Something's going to go wrong. Going to miss a field goal. Something, well, you know, yeah. Something. <laughs> something. I mean, yeah. I, that's 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 just Viking lure. It's going to be a, it's going to be a <laughs> kick that gets there does, does them in. You know, Gary Anderson or somebody. But um, look, we've been everybody every week says this can't last. This can't continue because Case Keenum isn't this good. Well, you know what? He's been this good. I think it's about time everybody recognized that. You know, I'm not saying he's Kurt Warner. But every now and then there comes a guy that becomes Kurt Warner. And, um, you know, their defense has always been very, very good. Um, their head coach is as hard-nosed as they get. He's not going to let up on the on the gas pedal. At some point, people are going to have to realize that, you know, the Vikings are just a tough out, and it doesn't matter where they play. That's what I like about them. They, yeah. They're just as good on the road. They don't seem the least bit intimidated. Um, and, you know, remember, they lost Dalvin Cook, too. So think about this. You lose your starting yeah. quarterback, your number one draft pick, who was running very, very well at the time, thank you, and sure. here you are as one of the best teams in the NFC. I think there's a lot of fiber on that Vikings team. Should be a lot of fun this weekend. Vikings, Panthers, Eagles, Rams, Seahawks, Jags. That should be a good game, an entertaining game as well. And of course, we got the uh, the Bucks and the Lions. Thanks for listening. You can check us out on iTunes, subscribe there, or wherever you get your podcast. And check us out on Twitter at Rick Tom Podcast at NFL Stroud at Tom W Jones. Again, our producer Steve Versnick. Thanks to him. Have a great day, everybody. Next time we talk to you, it'll be Sunday night from Raymond James Stadium. We'll record that right after the Bucks Lions game. Have a great weekend, everybody.